0: This is Paulie. I am pumped for this episode. But first, for today's wellness tidbit, it is surrounding the gut and all the wonderful, incredible tasks it is able to achieve. Did you know that the gut is the only organ system that can perform its functions without the oversight of the brain? It doesn't wait for the brain's impulses to do the important work of digestion. It doesn't need to. It acts on its own. The brain works after the gut. Here's one. There are over 1 million brain cells in your gut. Your gut's power to think for itself is no surprise. There are millions of brain cells, or neurons as we call it, in its lengthy coils, 9 meters of intestines. Pretty cool. Last but not least, the gut actually sends emotional signals to the brain, suggesting we feel with our gut. So when Somebody says they have a gut feeling about something, they're actually not lying. I remember hearing Deepak Chopra talk about this and he was talking about the gut having that intuitive response and sending it to the brain, however it not being able to quote unquote evolve to the point of self-doubt that we have known our brain to have. There's a little geeky biological humor for you. Today we have a very interesting guest on the show. His name is Dr. Phil Carson, a.k.a. Dr. Phil. He spent the first part of his career working in a pharmacy, but realized pretty soon enough that it just didn't resonate with his core values. After working day and night at his job, he became very stressed and witnessed the biological ramifications of such a job. His gut just did not do what it should be doing. He It was clear to him that he was in a state of imbalance. So he looked outside of conventional Western medicine to seek a an answer. As a result of that, he re-educated himself holistically on how to treat people another way. He has developed a new system, or should I say, he's gone back to the old system of treating people through food, lifestyle alterations, and mindful and spiritual practice alterations to create balance in everybody that he treats life. It's a wonderful chat. I really hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Dr. Phil, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you, Paul. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show today. It's an honor to be with you.
0: Uh, It's certainly an honor to be with you, uh, given all the knowledge that you have in the surrounding areas of health and vitality. And thank you for uh, going past uh, probably an acceptable time in Mississippi, all the way over there in the U.S. Uh, Thank you so very much.
1: Uh, No problem. Uh, Happy to do it.
0: So Dr. Phil, I want to talk a little bit about your past and how you've gotten to where you are today. It seems like a really, really interesting, uh, I want to say unconventional, but I also feel like a lot of people that have been in your field may be experiencing this crossover. So what I'm actually talking about is your roots being in pharmacology. And you've made a natural progression over towards natural medicine. How did this come about?
1: Well, uh, it all started, Paul, back um, when I was uh, just out of pharmacy school a couple of years. I was dealing with some major health issues. Uh, Primarily, the root cause was uh, stress in my life. Uh, The stress of uh, a lot of emotional stress uh, the stress of going through pharmacy school was, was major stress uh, mm-hmm. in itself. But, uh, when I got out of pharmacy, school, went to work for a big, uh, pharmacy chain operation, uh, got thrown into a situation where they made me manager, manager of a store. And it was just a massive amount of, uh, stress and long hours of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a newlywed at the time as well. Uh, so stress, stress, and more stress, mm-hmm. uh, in my life. And, uh, but uh, And it began to take a toll on my health. Um, uh, I gained a lot of weight. Uh, I was not eating healthy at all because I was eating on the run all the time. Uh, began to have major digestive issues, uh, chronic heartburn, indigestion, reflux. Uh, I would have bouts of severe gastritis where I, I couldn't even stand up. I just had to lay in the floor, curl up in the floor mm. uh, from, the, from severe pain. And uh, I was taking an acids over-the-counter acids, drinking those every day, a couple of bottles a day, uh, started taking prescription medications to try to get some relief, and could only get temporary relief. So I was frustrated. I was hurting. I was looking for answers, and I started uh, reading a book on natural medicine, and I found the answer to my problem. found out what the underlying cause of a lot of my, uh, not just the stress, but other Uh, underlying causes of the digestive issues I was having Uh, the stress really uh, made it worse Mm -hmm. Uh, but in in learning those things and learning that uh, uh, my stomach was not producing enough acid to properly digest my food um, I needed probiotics I had wiped out all my good bacteria from all the medications and things I had taken the stress itself was uh, destroying all the, the, the what they call the microflora in my gut the good bacteria uh, a lot of people know them as probiotics uh, supplements that you can take to replace those mm-hmm. Uh I learned about those I learned about digestive enzymes and uh, all these natural solutions uh, started trying them, they worked uh, changed my life totally And um, I got more interested in learning more about natural things and started looking for courses to take. Uh, Found a a company that was uh, teaching courses all across the country, started traveling on weekends and going getting getting certified in all kinds of natural therapies and natural products. And um, as I began to do that, my interest grew deeper. uh, And one of the things that really... uh, fueled the fire underneath me to learn even more was when I would come back from one of those conferences and I would share with my patients what I had learned. If maybe mm-hmm. somebody came in the pharmacy and they said, hey, I've got this problem, and I would say, okay, here's something I want you to try. I've got these natural uh, things I want you to try. And a lot of people were asking me for natural things and I didn't know what to tell them. And mm-hmm. that's another reason why I wanted to learn uh, so I could help my patients more but uh the the great reward of was when I would recommend something to someone and they would come back later and say, "Wow, you, you know what you told me has made such a difference It's changed my my health. I feel so much better now." Uh, I didn't have people coming back to me thanking me uh, all the time for a prescription drug I was giving them that was making them sick mm-hmm. uh, or giving them these side effects but uh, uh, the natural products I got thank yous all the time so uh, that made me want to learn even more and find out even more. And that's kind of how it all started and how uh, I got uh, where I am today uh, as far as transitioning from traditional pharmacy and pharmacology uh, into more of the natural realm of things.
0: It must be an incredibly rewarding experience to be able to treat people through the cause as opposed to just putting a band aid on a symptom. Uh, and then coming back to you and saying, not only have you, uh, not only only have you fixed my symptom or addressed it, but I, 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 my my entire health and vitality has changed as a result of it. I, I'm particularly str- uh, I'm particularly interested in what you were talking about. Um, given when you your stress levels were increased significantly when you first started in a pharmacy, and that really impacted your health and your gut flora issue. You know, they say that, from what I understand, your your gut or your stomach is your first brain. And there is a very intimate yep. connection between your glut, your gut flora and the neurons within your gut and your brain. So it makes so much <coughs> sense that... Um, your stress levels were increasing, and it's this whole chicken and the egg scenario. Um, if you can yep. if you can address your gut flora, I'm sure your stress levels were significantly reduced as well.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, there is a direct connection there, and this is something that I teach people and I talk about all the time. And it's something I learned uh, several years ago. Uh, I read a book. I found a, a book that was uh, written by a doctor from uh, New York uh, on this very subject, and uh, the. The title of the book is called Our Second Brain, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, he laid out uh, you know, the studies, the details, everything about this interconnection uh, with our brain uh, between our ears and the brain in our uh, uh, digestive area, the stomach area. Uh, the brain there in the stomach area, uh, in our gut, so to speak, is called the enteric uh, nervous system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have the central nervous system, which our brain is, is part of, and those two nervous systems are interconnected. So that's why the stress, when you've got a major stress uh, in your life and you're feeling all these emotional things, you've got all these emotions running through you and all these things that you're thinking of and it's affecting your, health, your mental health, uh, that it affects the gut as well, mm-hmm. and vice versa. When you've got gut issues going on, uh, it can affect how you think and how you focus and how you concentrate uh that's one of the things that i learned early on in this study was that connection uh with people who are diagnosed with ADD, adhd autism there's a direct connection there uh and a lot of times when you uh clean up the gut so to speak you begin to get rid of um some of those symptoms that they're experiencing, and restore the gut, restore the flora, uh, the good bacteria in the gut. You see a lot of improvements in those symptoms, and it's amazing uh, how how it all works.
0: It's incredibly fascinating, and it's relatively new research that's been done. And uh, you know, there's it's been around for uh, you know. For a couple of decades, as I understand it, but it's really coming mm. to the surface, and the research is just it is. exploding as a result of it. So, how did you go yep. about, from a, as a timeline, how did you go about approaching your particular symptoms and your causation of of what you were experiencing, and how did you treat it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, um, <clears throat> I first learned uh, about digestive enzymes. And mm-hmm. I started taking uh, some digestive enzymes, and that made that made a big difference. Uh, and then in my research and my study, I learned that uh, hydrochloric acid, the acid our stomach produces to help digest the food, is extremely important. And in one of the books that I read, there was a simple home test that you could do. Uh, the doctor that wrote the book suggested that you use apple cider vinegar or mm-hmm. you use fresh-squeezed lemon juice. Take a good dose of it if, when you're having reflux, heartburn, indigestion, and if your symptoms improve, it's likely that you have uh, low stomach acid. Mm-hmm. So I so I did that, and yes, it made a tremendous difference. Mm. So I started sup- I started supplementing with hydrochloric acid uh, ca- uh, capsules or tablets, and it made a tremendous difference and my digestive
0: issues and how i able to digest. It's, uh, I find that really interesting, Sorry to interrupt, because I, I find that the pharmaceutical industry, when it comes to intervention on these particular matters, uh, are, are quite quick to address uh, reflux with acid blockers, regardless That's of right. whether you have high levels of acid or low levels of acid um and that that simple test is something that i've used myself um and and i just find it interesting that uh, you know a lot of the time they can they can paint um many different patients with the same brush and it's not necessarily the case
1: exactly right and that happens quite often uh there's a doctor uh from the united states here uh he lives in uh uh, as a practice in Tacoma, Washington, his name mm-hmm. is Dr. Jonathan Wright, and he wrote a book uh, addressing that, that very thing uh, several years ago about stomach acid and how people often prescribe these antacids when actually they need just the opposite. Mm-hmm. They need an acid supplement, not an antacid supplement or an mm-hmm. acid medication. Uh, so uh, that was what I was treating myself with was all these antacids when and, and when in effect I needed acid. Uh, I found out in the course of things and in my study, I found out that I have a common condition that a lot of people have. It's called hypochlorhydria, and that's a medical term for low stomach acid. So um, uh, this is a condition that I've learned since that uh, is real common in people with blood type A, which I have. And also it's real common in older people because the older we get, the less... Stomach acid uh, is produced in our stomachs. The cells, the parietal cells in the stomach that produce that acid decrease in number. So that's why you have a lot of elderly people suffering from heartburn, indigestion, all these issues. And they're being treated with these drugs that you're talking about, Mm. uh, the blockers like Nexium and and Prevacid and all these different ones that are out there now uh, when actually that's not what they need.
0: It's it, it really is fascinating. So, you addressed your own uh, your own situation with natural means. You saw the results. You experienced the results, and it, it seems like yeah. uh, it really inspired you to choose another path.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So- it, uh, it it did. Sorry, what was the next step? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, the <clears throat> the next step was uh, to get better educated. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, to learn more uh, uh, of the things that are out there uh, because it intrigued me. I tell people all the time when I went to pharmacy school uh, back in the late uh, 1970s, early 80s, mm-hmm. I want the history of natural medicine and natural products and therapies, not the application of them. So I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. That's why I had to edu- I had to get educated. So that was the next step was to uh, was to learn and uh, and get the credentials, uh, the certifications. Uh, that could uh, help me and give me the authority to work with these people and help people that were seeking out natural uh, therapies or seeking out a natural solution. Mm. Uh, And sometimes people didn't know what to do. I mean, they they knew that what they were doing medication-wise and the medications that I was dispensing to them and other pharmacists and doctors were were prescribing being dispensed to them were not working they were getting like I was some temporary relief and they were frustrated as I was They're looking for a solution uh, and not just for digestive issues, but a whole multitude of issues. So, um, you know, when I began to learn these things and share with people, uh, it was, um, like I said, it was, uh, it was amazing to see uh, some of the results. And, uh, the more I learned and the more, um, uh, results that I saw, uh, the more I wanted to uh, to do more in the area of natural. And uh, and I've just slowly, over a period of time, gotten away from traditional pharmacists. As a matter of fact, uh, last year, uh, a doctor friend of mine, she's an MD mm-hmm. um, here in the United States, uh, she's always been a proponent of using natural therapies and natural products. Even though she's traditionally trained as an MD, like I'm traditionally trained as a pharmacist, On the same page Mm -hmm. uh, when it came to natural products and lifestyle change and natural therapies. And we would refer patients back and forth to each other. Uh, But uh, she um, she came to me at the end of uh, 2015 and said, hey, I'm ready to do what you've been telling me to do. And I've been telling her for a long time, you need to get out of this practice you're in. Uh, the the restrictions you have on you and start working toward doing more natural things because you will have all the patients you, you can handle. And uh, so she called me up. She said, Hey, I'm ready to do what you've been telling me to do, but I want you to do it with me. So at that time I was, I had sold out of the pharmacy operation I was part of. Uh And um, I said, let's talk about this. We got together. We talked about it. We put a plan together and, um, uh, a year ago, uh, tomorrow, <laughs> actually tomorrow, March the first, uh, is our one-year anniversary of opening up a life transformation medical center.
0: Oh, congratulations! Uh, well, I, I'm going to have to congratulate <laughs> you today in Australia because it's March first today. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, that's awesome. That's so awesome. it's your—I I am celebrating your anniversary, but you're not. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, that's cool.
1: I got a few more hours.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. just a few more hours. That's so cool. I love uh, stories like that, and I love uh, knowing that people with the understanding and the training in the uh, pharmaceutical world and the conventional medical world are able to kind of... I'm not too sure how much you still use conventional pharmacology uh, and um, medicine, but I do definitely see the future of medicine um, in, in, in a broader sense, encompassing both uh, of these tools, and I don't. Oh, yeah. is, 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 do you still use um, in certain aspects uh, pharmaceuticals, or a, 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 what kind of placement do you have, or what kind of uh, importance do you place pharmaceuticals in in your world right now?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, still some. You yeah, know, I'm not mm-hmm. totally anti drug, anti-medication, because there's certain medications that people need yep. and save their lives. Absolutely. Uh, so, and, and I've seen it happen many, many, many times. But if there is a natural alternative for something, I'm going to recommend it first. Uh, if there's something that can help someone naturally, uh, that's going to be the first choice. Uh, and that's what I use recommend to people. Uh, I'll give you a good example of something I did while I was still... In the, you know, several years ago when I was uh, still in the, uh, you know, uh, fully practicing uh, pretty much uh, uh, traditional pharmacy, I had incorporated natural things into my practice at that time as well, but I was still dispensing all kinds of medications. And uh, I read an article uh, in uh, one of the uh, magazines, I think it was Time Magazine or Newsweek Magazine, they had done a feature article on uh the medications used to treat ADD and ADHD, mm-hmm. uh, and they described these medications as kitty cocaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like you were giving these kids cocaine. Mm-hmm. It had the same effects on their brain as as cocaine, mm-hmm. and that really that really disturbed me and got me thinking. You know, I'm dispensing these medications to to these kids. You know, the doctors are writing the prescriptions, but I'm actually dispensing them. So I made the decision uh, uh, that at that time that I was not going to do that anymore.
0: If anybody brought
1: me a prescription for some of these amphetamines that were being prescribed for ADD or ADHD, I was going to refuse to fill it. I was just going to kindly say, "Hey, I'm sorry. I've made the decision not to fill these kind of prescriptions anymore. Um, and you know, you, you're you know welcome to take it somewhere else. But uh, what I recommend." now is some natural alternatives because I had learned at that time as well that there were some good natural alternatives uh, to these medications. And also I had learned what the root cause, the primary root cause of these uh, ADD and ADHD was for most kids. So I would tell the parents, look, you know, I'm sorry I can't dispense these. I'll be happy to talk with you about some natural alternatives if you'd like, but I I can't fill this prescription.
0: And nine times out of ten. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Yeah, nine times out of ten, they would say, "Yeah, talk to you about that," because I really didn't want my kid taking these uh, these powerful drugs anyway. Uh, so uh, that's uh, uh, you know uh, that was uh, one of the one of the, the things that uh, decisions that I made you know in the middle of uh, of all my years of practice in pharmacy.
0: It's uh, fascinating, and it's great to hear that people. I suppose because they look at you as somebody who is an authority on the uh, chemical compound world. Um and and, right. and, and there is will be completely open to somebody who has studied everything pharma, uh, pharmacy studies has to offer. Um what yep. are some natural alternatives to address ADHD? Well uh well the primary
1: underlying causes uh is what we were mentioning a minute ago is the gut issues. Mm. Uh the gut has been wiped out. Um most of these kids that I've uh, counseled with over the years that have been diagnosed or been labeled, uh, I call it, with ADD or ADHD, because it's not a disease, it's a set of symptoms. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a lot of times kids get mislabeled as well. They're not really ADD, they're not really ADHD. Uh, they just got all this uh, gut issues going on that's affecting their, their brain and mm-hmm. how they focus and concentrate. And so what the primary underlying cause uh, is, is that uh, these kids have been overexposed, overprescribed antibiotics, steroids. Most of them had a history of ear infections or respiratory infections, and they had been on multiple antibiotics, multiple steroid-type medications that destroyed their good bacteria, uh, and it was not being replaced. Nobody had ever told them that they needed to take a probiotic to replace what was being destroyed by these medications, That's really and so their gut their gut gets in such a shape that they're suffering from constipation or they're suffering from uh, uh, irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, they're uh, they're not able to focus. They're not able to concentrate. And they get labeled ADD or they get labeled ADHD because sometimes hyperactivity goes along with it because, and the hyperactivity is primarily associated with a diet mm-hmm. that some of these kids are, are, are on eating way too much sugar because they're craving sugar because of the overgrowth of, of, uh, yeast and fungus in their gut, uh, because the good bacteria is not there to protect them from all that. So, um, uh, that's, um, <clears throat> underlying health. So I would help clean up their gut, get them on probiotics. Uh, sometimes they would need to be prescribed an antifungal uh, to help clear up an overgrowth of yeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used uh, 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 fish oil uh, with a high concentration of DAT to help with brain focus and concentration. Um, you know, sometimes they would need a good vitamin mineral uh, supplement. There's a variety of different things, just depending on uh, you know uh, the unique situation with each different child. Uh, you can't. Uh, Put everybody in, uh, you know, in, in the same mold, no. uh, because uh, uh, it was different situations with different kids from sometimes.
0: Have, have uh, there but any, there, Have there been any studies done on kids who have experienced uh, elongated um, infections and elongated use of uh, antibiotics, and then as a result, then experience oh, yes. ADHD?
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, yes. There was a doctor here in our area, and he uh, he lived just a few hours north of me, a couple hours north of me here in a city, uh, Jackson, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And uh, his name was Dr. William Crook. He was a pediatrician, and he kind of pioneered this this type of medicine in treating uh, the underlying... out the underlying cause. He, uh, you know, he was part of some studies and there's been other studies done since his death. He died several years ago. Uh, but um, yeah, there have been quite a few and there have been quite a few studies. Matter of fact, I was at a conference last year where uh, there was a doctor presenting all this um, uh, information and studies about the brain gut connection. Mm-hmm. And uh, she talked about some of the studies that had been done uh, showing that there is the connection there with ADD, ADHD, with autism uh, uh, because of the condition of the gut with these kids uh, and it's having that direct effect on their brain. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, the, I don't know. Uh, I can't cite any of those studies for you right now, but I know they're out there. I remember Ooh. her talking about them, Ooh. and uh, I've got uh, you know the information
0: somewhere, but I don't have it right in front of me. Yeah. But, yeah,
1: you, you can go. You could go to PubMed or whatever and find those. Uh, they're out there. Yeah, I might just absolutely. Do that.
0: I might just do that and put it in the show notes. That's uh, that's really fascinating stuff. Is there any kind of advice you could? And once again, I don't want to uh, uh, profess some kind of cookie cutter uh, solution to anything, really. But are there any? Yeah. Are there anything that is there any advice that you can offer uh, new parents uh, that they can just ensure that their kids? That they are giving their kids the best chance of avoiding these types of scenarios.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, you know, first and foremost would be, you know, uh, be careful about the antibiotics and about because uh, a lot of times, you know, kid gets sick, got a runny nose, coughing, uh, you know, they go to the doctor and they prescribe an antibiotic. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of doctors are are not as bad about that as they used to be. Uh, they're being more cautious, um, and they're not, uh, over, some doctors are still over prescribing, but some of them don't. Uh, and they say, well, let's just watch this. Let's, uh, you know, may, it could be viral. Antibiotics are not going to help if it's a virus. Uh, so, uh, there's more there's caution being taken there and that's good. I'm, I'm happy uh, to see that. But, um, uh, you know, kids sick, got a runny nose. You don't always have to have an antibiotic. Uh, most of the time, uh, these infections will clear up on their own. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, don't take them to the doctor. You need to have them diagnosed. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't have to, they don't always have to have an antibiotic. Another thing, too, is the probiotics. Whether they've been on antibiotics before or not, sometimes kids need probiotics. Um, it depends on different circumstances. Uh, I'll, I'll just mention this if a child was born through C section, they need probiotics mm-hmm. for sure. Because the, only, the way the child gets their, gets probiotics is to come through the birth canal and get them from the mom. If they've been born uh, C-section, and a lot of times premature babies also uh, don't get this, a good supply of probiotics. So sometimes a kid needs a probiotic supplement. And another thing is junk food and processed foods that they may be eating. They may not ever take an antibiotic, but they eat processed foods. Those foods, the chemicals in those foods sometimes will destroy those good bacteria as well uh, and compromise the, uh, the child's health, uh, you know, gut-wise, immune system-wise. And that's a very, uh, And what I'm talking about here is the immune system because 60 to 70% of the body's immune system is around the gut and the health of the gut and that good flora, those good bacteria that are in there, because they're vital for a healthy immune system. So keeping that gut healthy is extremely important.
0: I I find what you said to be particularly um, intimate towards my, my unique scenario, given that I was two weeks premature and a caesarean. Uh, and, you know, I have been fighting with gut issues ever since I was... An early teenager up until just yeah. just last year when when I was able to combat nearly all of my gut issues or at least the symptoms of them with natural medicine uh, but but since I was the age of fourteen fifteen, I had been taking some type of pharmaceutical on a daily basis so wow. yeah and and you know i I found out relatively early in my life that uh, i didn 't want to be. Uh, reliant on pharmaceuticals, and it really, it really got to me that I had to do it, but there was no other way. The symptoms were just so strong. As you could, I'm sure, sympathise with me. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. But I found it really, really interesting. You know, I I, I read this on uh, Dr. McCullough's website. You're familiar with his work?
1: Oh yes, absolutely. So yeah, doc- I look at his uh, website
0: all the time. He's great. He's fantastic, and uh, yeah. he, he was talking about. Um, children who who, uh, who bypass the birth canal and uh, the, the fact yeah. that, that all those all that bacteria um, it's it's there for a reason and it makes so much sense nature doesn't happen by accident you know there, that's right there, 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 every single um, every single step along the way of somebody's creation there needs to be something yep. there
1: yep that's right Right, so um, so important. Uh, uh, I agree with you hundred percent.
0: You address people's general health and vitality a lot, and I can see that that is uh, something that is near, dear, and passionate to you. Uh, if somebody mm-hmm. comes in once again, uh, I don't want to uh, establish a cookie cutter solution to this. But if somebody does come in complaining of uh, lethargy and just can't really get. They just can't get onto their feet, and they can't do exercise. They just don't have that extra oomph. Um, what would you What would you look for initially? Um, uh,
1: initially, <clears throat> uh, I would uh, look for uh, how much they're sleeping, if they're having any sleep issues, uh, and a lot of times that's the case. You got a person that has low energy, that just you know they they have no drive, uh, they just seem to be uh, sluggish all the time. They're not. Sleeping well. They may be in the bed for eight hours, but they're not sleeping well while they're in the bed. They're not getting quality sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the underlying problem there, most of the time, with most people that I deal with that come to me with those issues, we, we start talking about the adrenals mm-hmm. and the symptoms of their adrenals. Uh, the adrenals are two little glands that sit on top of the kidneys that are also known as our stressor glands. Mm. They control, uh, they control all kinds of functions in their bodies and they catch the brunt of stress in our lives. Uh, and there's certain hormones that are produced by those adrenals that, uh, control sleep and, and affect our sleep and our, what's called our circadian rhythm. So one of the things that I do, Paul, is I, uh, I test people's adrenals,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, there's a diagnostic test that we have. It's called an adrenal stress index. Uh, and uh, we collect, uh, have the patient to collect saliva samples, and the lab that I work with will analyze those samples and give us a, a printout uh, of what they see. And uh, many, many times when we have people who with those symptoms with the lethargy, you know the sluggishness, uh, uh, and, and those kind of things, lack of, a, of quality sleep, uh, it's because they're out of balance. Uh, those adrenals are out of balance. They're not producing uh, the hormones in the proper rhythm that they're supposed to be producing them in. Uh, but uh, fortunately, uh, we're able to correct that uh, with supplementation, with lifestyle change, yep. uh, helping them to get better sleep, uh, more quality of sleep, uh, as well as quantity of sleep. And, uh, it changes their life. It is just, it's amazing. Uh, the difference, uh, you know, just putting some simple supplements, some simple plans and, in, into into action, uh, and, and, and seeing what it does. It's, uh,
0: it's a wonderful practice to, to get involved in. And, uh, you know, something as simple as a sleep hygiene checklist can make all the difference to somebody's lifestyle when they're awake.
1: Yeah, that absolutely. Um, I just wrote a book, uh, How to Live Until You Die, The Seven Keys to Living Happy, Healthy, and Whole. And uh, I address that in the book. Uh, the sleep issues and the stress issues uh, are all uh, addressed in the book. And uh, these are, I talk about, you know, seven key things. Uh, some of those key things are uh, pertain to our body and the health of our bodies. Uh, and then also address the soul and the spirit. Uh, Because I believe that we're three-part beings and we have to take care of all three uh, and keep everything in the proper, all three of those uh, parts of our beings in proper balance for us to be totally healthy. Mm. Uh, And when one is out of balance, it can affect the health of of the other. And uh, so uh, I I stress that to people uh, and try to encourage people not to neglect any part of their being uh, to take care of all.
0: I couldn't agree more. I think uh, so many people are limited by what they can, uh, what their senses can can see, hear, feel, um, and that's right. And to be able to have a sense of uh, identity, oneness with yourself, and uh, purpose can yeah. make such a tremendous impact on your physical health, mental health. Yep.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. It definitely does.
0: Uh, could you... I just want to leave you with one last question, uh, maybe one more as well. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's fine. <laughs> I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, I wouldn't mind just uh, asking you uh, just a, a, of one of these uh, techniques that you go through in your book. Uh, perhaps if you could briefly just touch on the physical, the spiritual and the soul, if you could just address one of each of those, uh, that would be so good. Just to to give the audience a little bit of a taste of what they can experience when reading the book.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, on the physical side of things, I stress this to people all the time, and I have patients come in to see me. This is one of the first questions I ask them, um, is how much water are you drinking? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the number one answer I get is probably not enough. <laughs> and when, I, uh, when they start telling me how much they're drinking, they're absolutely right. Not enough. And most of the time, it's not near enough. They're drinking all kinds of other things. Mm-hmm. And they're not drinking water. And usually those, those things are dehydrating you anyway. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. They're drinking sodas and, and uh, uh, coffee and, and tea, uh, which is, you know, uh, coffee and tea. Is okay even limited amounts. Sodas, I tell people to forget about sodas, mm-hmm. uh, but they need to be in water. And people are just not drinking enough water. Yeah. If we hydrate our bodies properly, it's amazing what it does for our health. Mm-hmm. Uh, because our bodies sixty to seventy percent water, so we have to stay well hydrated. So that's a key thing. One of the key things with the uh, the physical side of things, mm-hmm. with the soul, uh, you know what I encounter with a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people that are physically sick are physically sick because they're soul sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a term that, uh, that I've heard uh, before. Maybe something uh, many people have not heard that term before, but soul sickness. People are soul sick a lot of times because of uh, emotional hurt, emotional pain that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they've got unforgiveness towards someone. Mm-hmm. And that unforgiveness that they're harboring in their mind and in their body uh, is making them physically sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a study done uh, and a book was written uh, about, uh, I don't know, there's probably multiple studies that been done by now, but uh, there's a doctor who wrote a book a few years ago talking about the, these studies that have been done making the connection between cancer and unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. And people uh, uh, would, that were unforgiving toward other people had a higher rate of cancer than people who were more open and willing to forgive. Mm. So, uh, that's, uh, one of the, I I
0: think it was, I think it was Nelson Mandela that said, uh, holding a grudge against somebody is like swallowing poison yourself and expecting that other person to die. Exactly. That's all.
1: That's exactly right. Exactly. Right. So, um, uh, that's uh, that's something I address in the book on the soul. Uh, is that uh, importance of, of forgiveness and keeping a healthy a healthy soul and not being soul sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the spiritual side of things, um, <clears throat> there are multiple studies, and I cite some of these in the book uh, that have been done to show the importance of prayer and meditation uh, in our overall health. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's amazing uh, what those practices can do uh, for our health. And, the, and there's uh, multiple studies. There's the one I talk about in the book, where uh, there's a doctor who's done numerous, numerous studies analyzing people's brains when they're praying, and what an effect it has—a uh, positive effect that it has on their body, and on the and on the brain itself, but on the on the physical body. Uh, so, uh, those are uh, some uh, some key things that uh, can help us uh, spiritually. No matter what, no matter what you you believe, I, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a believer, and, and but you know, no matter what you believe, mm-hmm. uh, having those spiritual practices where you pray and you meditate uh, is going to make a difference in your health.
0: I, I 100% agree. Whether it's in a conventional religious sense, or if it's a belief in just a a connection between all humanity or a universal connection uh, that exists greater than what we can sense, Uh, having having that belief system seems to really, really activate something really, really powerful within us. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Dr. Phil I want to thank you so much for coming on the show your your words of wisdom have really been wonderful and I can't wait to uh, be able to get my listeners to listen to this and, and make some intimate changes in their lives.
1: Yeah yeah well I hope so uh, I hope uh, you know what we've talked about today is uh, we'll help someone and uh, uh, you know if anyone would like to reach out to me uh, they can go to my website Carsonnatural.com.
0: Could you just um, repeat that?
1: Find, yeah, CarsonNatural.com.
0: Great, I'll put that in the show uh, notes. And where can we find the book?
1: Uh, the book can be found on the website as well, and also there's a site set up for the book, How to Live Until You die.com uh, and, and find out all about the book there.
0: Uh, thank you once again, Doctor Phil. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Paul. It's been a uh, been an honor, and I, I really appreciate
0: you having me on the show today. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you, Dr. Phil. What a great chat.